From Be Still, Be Free, it's the Bcast with Amber Miller, Sarah Godey, and Monica Steely. For more resources and information related to today's episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello and welcome to the Bcast. My name is Amber Miller and I am here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello, ladies. Hello. Good morning. Welcome. Um, we have had a pretty stinking amazing morning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think a bu- <laughs> there, there, there might be a bucket list item that was crossed <laughs> off today. I don't know. Um, we Do you want to talk about, Monica, a little bit like what we've just done? We um, just had the distinct honor and privilege of having an interview with Lisa Turkers. Lisa Turkers. Yeah. Everybody, pick yourself up off the floor right now. I know. Us. Lisa Turkers. Yeah. Yeah, We um, were able to talk with her about her newest book, The Best Yes, which is um, an amazing book about how to make the best decisions and how to give a best yes instead Mm -hmm. of saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. What are the things that get my best yes? And it's amazing. a B message. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what's so awesome about it is that the Lord totally just. Oh, I mean, I, I went through the book. You can see almost every page is ha- like underlined, underlined. and start. It's like B, <laughs> B. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just really Hashtag is. Hashtag B still be free. Yeah. I mean, it, she's got such profound wisdom. And the thing that we love the most about Lisa, um, I will speak for all of you, <laughs> is her ability to just take a topic, but like completely give it legs and you can uh, put it in your pocket mm-hmm. and it's like tangible stuff that you so can massage relatable. and do and use. It's not... Um, up in the air and like these vague, mm-hmm. great notions of anything. It's really tangible, down to earth instructions and like completely transparent. Yeah. So open, so authentic, just sharing real life stuff. And yeah. I like, I went through the whole book just going, I totally get that. Yes. I've yeah. so been there. I'm there now. I will probably be there tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so and it she just, has these one liners that you can just totally. Oh, remember so, it, the whole book is tweet worthy. So good. And, yeah. and it, I think what I love about that is like, it's so easy to remember those one little liners and yes. use them as a gauge for mm-hmm. when you're going through something and you can remember, you know, like the rhythm of rush, you know, yes. it just, you can remember certain little things and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She was, and also just like to speak to her character, like mm-hmm. being able to speak with her and just like, like have a conversation with her. She's so stinking like down to earth and sweet and nice and inspiring and cool and yeah that's awesome and not that she'll listen to this podcast but in the case that she does i just want to thank her for being so authentic i just think that there's such a refreshing authentic is such a truthfulness which we love to talk about here refreshing truthfulness and i i think that the female world is so inundated with fake yeah everything and the strivers and the doers and the I only want you to see what's here. And she's just so real and raw. And you just feel like you're sitting in a, it feels like she's sitting right here with us room in the couch. And yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for that. I need that. I, I, I'm inspired by that. I, it was very refreshing and, um, yeah, encouraging. It was very encouraging mm-hmm. just to hear like, I mean, we know this, like we know in our heads, like they're just everyday people. But when you have the opportunity to interact and like get it in your heart, like, totally everyday people yeah. that just God is using in this way it yeah. is mm-hmm. awesome. Absolutely. So without any further ado, please enjoy our interview with Lisa Turkhurst. Mm-hmm. 
Lisa Turkers probably needs no introduction because to not know who she is basically means, um, well, you're either not a Christian or you live under a rock somewhere. <laughs> um, Lisa has written New York Times bestselling books, Made to Crave and Unglued, as well as many, many other amazing titles. She's a speaker, having spoken with Women of Faith, Catalyst Conference, Focus on the Family, and several other venues. And she is also the founder and president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. In addition to all this, she's a wife and a mother of five and does normal everyday stuff like fixing dinner and taking kids to track practice. And Lisa, welcome, welcome, welcome to Be Still Be Free. We are just so excited you are here. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so honored to be with you. Well, we um, are here to talk with you today about your latest book, which is called The Best Yes, Making Wise Decisions in the Midst of Endless Demands. And I think that alone speaks to every single person that I know, um, the need to make best decisions in the midst of those demands. Um, And this book is so so resonated with me personally and with um, Amber and Sarah too, because it is like this book that gives you permission to weigh decisions in your life before Mm -hmm. you take action. And I think as women, we don't give ourselves permission to do that. Um, And our mission here at Be Still Be Free is about being still enough first to really hear God, to know God, and then move forward in what he has called us to do in little tiny decisions and in big ones. So um, this whole like concept of being first and doing second, I think is kind of the foundation of this book, at least that's what I took away from it. So it is such a perfect tie-in, and to have you here is just a, a great honor. Well, and and this is Sarah, and I just wanted to go ahead and start off with a question that I think will make sense um, before we move forward. Is you know, it's when God gives you a vision for something, or He has a reoccurring theme. I think that happens a lot in our life. We're like, okay, God, I think you're trying to tell me something here. We don't always know what to do with it, and I think um, there's such a huge amount of wisdom in this message. I would just love to hear from you the why or the how you feel God was calling you into this, the importance that you feel behind it. Just give us a little snippet of, of your calling into this book. Well, I think there are two very distinct reasons that um, I felt called to write this message. Number one, because I desperately need it, and so... I don't usually write from my point of expertise. I usually write from my own point of need, and this is definitely a message that I needed. Um, And I think it's because I'm bombarded with the requirement to make decisions every single day, and my heart so desperately wants to keep my decisions and my choices in a way that honors God and honors my family, and yet the reality of having to make so many choices was just absolutely wearing me out. And I just thought, there's got to be a way to set my heart to the rhythm of wisdom mm. so that I, I, I can already be in the flow of understanding um, what is wise. And if you make the decision to be a wise woman, then your choices will fall in line after that. So. First of all, it was my desperate need for the message. But second of all, it's the number one question I get. Mm. When people hear that I write books and and I travel and speak and I have five kids, (laughs) you know, I I run a ministry. When people hear that, um, secretly, I think they make the assumption that um, there's no way she is able to do all of that and actually raise kids that love the Lord and that respect her. So secretly, I think there's some suspicion there, and I totally understand that. Um, But then 
there's also the suspicion, but maybe she has a secret key. And yeah. if I take her secret <clears throat> key and put it into the engine of my life, then um, maybe I'll be able to do more, be more, have mm. more, all of that. And so I wanted to be able to answer that question in a very authentic way, not super spiritual like, well, God just gives me all the energy that I need. Well, <laughs> I do think, I do think that, that that is partly true. I do think that God has, has gifted me with a certain amount of ability to be able to handle the calling he's entrusted me. Um, it's, a, it's a bit unfair to say to women, well, God has given me this special gift and not mm, you. That's right. So I really wanted to unpack what are the realities of, of what are some things that I do in my life that maybe other women could implement and see the benefits of, of it all as well? And so um, those are the two reasons I wrote the book. And, and, um, and I prayed, boy, did I ever pray, um, Lord, you know, you're really entrusting me with a big assignment here. Um, I don't even have confidence in my own ability to always make wise decisions. How am I going to help mm-hmm. all these women navigate theirs? And, um, and the Lord very gently but very firmly um, reminded me that I'm the messenger. I'm not, I'm not the starting place for the mm-hmm. message. The Lord is the message, and I'm simply the messenger, and we're on this journey together. So that's really come through clearly in the book. And one of the things I would love for our listeners to know is that um, you do a great job of letting us know that not everyone's yes is going to be the same. And you bring a great point, even just talking about our podcast, you know, here we are with our podcast and, um, you know, what we do is on such a smaller scale than something that you do. And that doesn't mean that we haven't said the right yeses or that you're saying too many yeses. It just means that sometimes our yeses are going to be different and what God calls us into is going to be different, but how we get there can be a similar language and vernacular. And I thought that was a great resonating message for all ages, all stages, all platforms, and something we could all use to be, um, you know, just kind of together on. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Our circumstances are going to be different. So that's why I didn't present a three-step plan in the book of do A, B, and C, and you will have a balanced life. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, I think that's a little bit of a of a um, wrong expectation to give women. Um, you know, people ask me, do you keep your life balanced? I say no, not mm-hmm. all the time, you mm-hmm. know. So I don't think it's about, you know, a one, two, three step plan. I think it really is setting our heart to wisdom so that no matter what our mm-hmm. circumstances are, we can use wisdom to determine what is our best. Yes, a great little visual that um, is in the curriculum of the best yes, um, the very first DVD, we went to the Royal Observatory in Greenwich, England to record that lesson. And um, the reason we did that lesson there is because at the Royal Observatory in Greenwich, England, I don't know if you've ever heard of Greenwich Mean Time, so mm-hmm. that's the purest time. Like if you want to set your clock, to the absolute correct time, you set it to Greenwich Mean Time because at the Royal Observatory, that houses the clock that sets all the other clocks around wow. the world. So I recorded the first lesson of understanding that just like the clocks around the world need a place to set their heart to, we need, or to set their clocks to, we need a place to set our heart to, mm. and that is God's wisdom. And when we set our heart to God's wisdom, then our choices become much more 
clear and um, and easy to discern in that way. So definitely we all have different circumstances, but we all have the commonality of needing to set our heart to God's wisdom. That's awesome. I love that analogy. What a great, beautiful illustration. Um, I think that ties in really well to you've got this whole message um, throughout the book about unrush me. And um, you had talked early on about how you wanted to hear him clearly. But in order to do that, um, it requires that your soul acknowledges that all you, what all the rushing causes you to miss. Um, tell us about how you came to that realization and how did admitting that your rushing was causing you not to hear God, how did that change your relationship with him? Well, um, when I set my life to the rhythm of rush, I don't like who I am. I'll just be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, on a practical Mm -hmm. sense, you know, when um, the time is short and the the kids are falling behind and everybody, you know, this one can't find their shoe and this one just licked that one's Lego waffle and now a new breakfast is needed. Were you at my house this morning? (laughs) (laughs) And so, and we needed to leave the house 10 minutes ago and now I'm going to be that mom who is late to school for the third day in a row this week and I feel like it's such a judgment of um, of my character and even my spiritual walk with God because I can't get my kids to school in time. <laughs> so, you know, in reality, it's like, no, Lisa, you've set your life to the rhythm of rush and when you set your life to the rhythm of rush, you uh, forsake the sacred moments of actually enjoying your life and enjoying the people that God has entrusted to you. Now, here's the reality. There will be some mornings that sort of fall apart. That's just the reality of living with little people that don't have the right gauge of time or even big people. That's my life now. I have teenagers. And so, you know, that's just the reality of navigate immature people to a place of maturity, that sometimes things are going to fall apart in the morning and you're going to be late. But that shouldn't be every day. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess for me, I just took a step back and I thought, you know, Deuteronomy makes it so clear. We're to talk about the Lord when we walk along the road and, you know, when we get up and when we lie down. And um, that is impossible if the only words that the kids ever hear us say are hurry, hurry, hurry. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to to in, introduce any kind of condemnation at all. Sure. I say that as a personal warning to myself. You know, like I said, I wrote this message because I need this message, but I know when I'm rushing, constantly, constantly rushing, I stop looking for the hand of God in our life, and I stop pointing that out to my family. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. That's great. Lisa, in the book, you make some huge connections to your attitude, and you actually had a decision to make about allowing a young woman to come and live with you and your family for a while, and you talk about um, making sure to choose, if you choose to say yes to something, that you have the right attitude about it as well. And at Be Still Be Free, we talk about how our doing needs to flow out of our being. And in other words, if we constantly are doing things for the sake of just doing them without the right um, filling of the Holy Spirit, then we'll just become exhausted and empty. And I was wondering if you could elaborate a little more on the tension between your attitude and your action. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think too many times we Christians confuse the command to love with the disease to please. Mm -hmm. So I have to really pull back when I have an opportunity and I have to ask myself, um, if I do this to fulfill the command to love, is there any part of it that I've gotten my desire for disease, the disease to please, to um, all tangled up in this? Mm -hmm. In other words, what's my real motivation? Is my real motivation 
um, to bestow upon this person an act of love? If so, then I have to make sure that the time and the resources and the realities of my life line up with me keeping an attitude of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but where things get real squirrely with me is I'll jump into something with with this wonderful notion of this is going to be great because my opportunity to love someone, but then the realities of my life, if I haven't made an honest assessment of those, so quickly I can develop such a grumpy attitude. Mm-hmm. And then no longer is it just of, honestly, it's just another thing that makes me grumpy to my family. Mm, right. And so I think part of it is just really being honest and just saying, you know, is there a way for me to love this person within the realities of the season that I'm in? You know, earlier we were talking about how rare it is right now. It's so cold and it's, it's just the fall, but it's so cold. Well, a few years ago, I traveled to Connecticut, and they had their first snowfall before all the trees dropped their leaves. Mm. And because they had a snowfall, the trees took on the burden of all still hanging on to the leaves but then taking on snow. And so when I landed in Connecticut, it was like a hurricane zone. I mean, mm. trees were split in half. There were branches everywhere. It looked like the craziest scene I had ever seen. And I asked, I said, now what kind of storm did you have? And they said, well, it, it really was a snowstorm, and it would have been fine, except that the trees were still hanging onto their leaves, and the snow came early, and so it caused the trees to break. And I thought, that is such a picture of how I get myself into trouble. Because while I'm holding leaves, I've got a tree full of leaves. If I think I can take on the snow and not suffer the creaking and cracking and eventual breaking of being overloaded, I'm foolish. So I really let that picture burn in my brain. And if I'm going to take on snow, I have to make sure that I've already dropped my leaves. And in a practical sense of the scenario that you brought up about the young girl that wanted to live with us, as I did an assessment, is this realistically, you know, is this a realistic endeavor with where I'm at, the season of life, financially, physically, emotionally, and emotionally is where things started to fall apart. Mm -hmm. I was already overloaded emotionally at that time in my life. So do I still have the command to love this girl? Absolutely. And we have gone above and beyond to make sure that we love her. She comes over to our house every Monday night for dinner. She has been on almost every family vacation that we're on. She eats lunch with us and goes to church with us every Sunday. So she's very much woven into fabric for our family. I just knew from an emotional standpoint she couldn't live with us. Mm-hmm. And she would tell you now, two years later, because this happened you know, early on in the writing of the book, Um, she would tell you now it was one of the best things because it provided an opportunity for God to be her provider and not me. Mm. Wow. I love that. You know, that's one of the things that I think has been really, um, something God has been teaching me is that when we become what others need more than God, then we have taken the wrong position in other people's lives. And I, I wonder sometimes how many times we've run into a situation to try to rescue someone or be the fixer. And we, take away the opportunity for God to be the blesser and the messenger and the provider in that situation. Yeah, and I think we women especially can fall prey to that. And, and of course, we need to pray through it because sometimes we are God's answer to provision. Absolutely. It's just we can't be that all the time That's to right. all people. That's just 
unrealistic. I, there's a quote in the book that says, saying yes all the time will not make me Wonder Woman. It will make me a worn-out woman. Uh, yeah. That's great. Um, we love and that. I have, I've had to learn that in very painful ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa, before we wrap up, we ha- I have one last question for you. As we approach the holidays and Christmas and you've got kids and husband and work and all the g- amazing stuff that you're doing, what is your best yes as you get ready for the holidays and what we're about to come up on in the next few weeks? That's such a good question. I think my best yes is to remember um, three things. One is that... I really, or really three categories of life for me, I should say, instead of three things. So I have three categories of life. I have things only I can do. I have the least amount of capacity there. Mm-hmm. Second, I have things that I can hand off and have other people help me do, like asking my kids to wash the dishes. Now, I may still have to supervise it, but I can, <laughs> I can you know, that's the second category. Um, I have more capacity there. And then I have a third uh, category, and that is things that other people can do or things that I need to get, um, I need to let go of. And um, so that means releasing my control and maybe having my kids, uh, because they're teenagers, maybe having them address the Christmas cards and not even going back and double checking them Mm. and releasing that completely. So I have three categories. And what I have to be honest with myself is the capacity that I have as I go into this holiday season. And my, my, my hope this year is that I will do less so I can be more. And so I'm going to have a whole lot less in that area of this is something only I can do. Only I can love my husband. Only mm. I can be a mom with a Jesus-like attitude in the season where we're supposed to be celebrating Jesus. Only I can read my Bible. Only I can mm-hmm. exercise my body. I wish I could pay someone else to do that, but I can't. Well, <laughs> so, <me too. laughs> I have, <laughs> so I've got to make sure that I really am honest with myself about that the, the things that only I can do, and then make all the requirements of Christmas understand they're not really requirements. Mm-hmm. They might be desires, but they're not requirements. And just be so honest true. about my capacity so that it all falls in line with be more, do less. Oh, love, my goodness. You just spoke it. you just amen, spoke our amen. love language yes. when you said that. <laughs> um, that is such amazing wisdom that I know I can even just put into practice today. That's a lot to chew on. Thank you so much. Lisa, Lisa. you're so awesome. We so appreciate you being yeah. here with us today. You're such an inspiration and encouragement to us women and we are so grateful for your ministry and the way the Lord is using you. And that the tr- just for your obedience, you know, I know like we were talking earlier, it may not be easy and it may seem daunting sometimes, but your obedience blesses very very just deep in the hearts of so many women. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it has certainly been a sweet, precious gift from God to be with you today. So you have encouraged me as much. Um, I hope that I have encouraged mm. you, and it was just a real honor to be with you. Thank well, you. thank you so thank much, you and so have much, a wonderful Lisa. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes. Thank you. You too. Stay warm. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. our interview with Lisa Turkers. So awesome. Isn't she just so amazing? Yeah. So great. I know. I feel so refreshed. I do feel refreshed. That is the Mm -hmm. perfect word. I was just thinking that. Mm -hmm. Lighter. I felt lighter. Like just, I don't know, inspired. I just wanted it to keep going and going and going. I feel like, um, and I think I probably said this with her, but I feel like I've been given permission Mm -hmm. to like cut things, say no. I don't know. It's just nice as a woman, I think, to hear somebody say 
you don't have to do that. Yeah. Here's permission. Right. And what's interesting is like, you know that and you tell yourself that, but you don't have a lot of freedom in it. And you hear somebody else tell you that and someone that you respect mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just good. I think that's, what's really cool about the reoccurring message of even be still be free. You know, when we started this off and we felt like I was calling us to do this, um, you think it's your message and only your message. And since then, how many (laughs) (laughs) little or less, um, and you know, and being real, because I think everybody struggles with the feeling like a nothing or Mm -hmm. like yours doesn't matter. How, how, but what big a deal can you make when people like Lisa Turkers are writing books based on exactly what you think God gave to you, but he didn't give it to just you. And I, I texted her the other day and I said, you know, I think, that it really ought to humble us that God did give us a message to speak mm-hmm. about that all yeah. three of us really want to wrap our brains around right. and understand. And at the same time, he did give that message to Christine Kane. She's spoken on it mm-hmm. to Lisa mm-hmm. Turkers. She has spoken on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, countless other women. Oh uh, yeah. Written a book on it. Countless other women have two that have bigger platforms, much bigger platforms. But it's just kind of confirmation. I think it goes to show you the importance of the message. Of the message, exactly. And that's what's so encouraging to me is that, like, we're not out doing this for nothing because the God who gave gave us the message in the first place is making sure it's getting out. That's right. Right. That's right. We're just all sandwiched together like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's right. And Mm That was there's a reason that there's exactly right. three similar gospels in the Bible too. I always go back to that. Like oh, that's great. there's three no, gospels that almost say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's okay mm-hmm. that there's more than one person saying something because that. there's different perspectives. And they all and made the cut. And they all made the cut. They all made the final <laughs> cut. Um, so I loved how Lisa kind of ended it with her whole like I'm going to do less and be more <laughs> this holiday. Like I, I think I you like all heard you us can, like, audibly like hear us like. <gasps> <gasps> I mean, she, that was like, that was my jam. We all just were like, (laughs) yes. Um, so, but I think that that segues into some really great practical applications Mm -hmm. that we can take moving forward with not just our lives, but even just this season or today. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing is, um, what she talked about how she's got three categories in life. And I think this is so practical that we can all start doing this yes, especially right now especially right now it's so about like, to get crazy y'all. it's about to get crazy up in here <laughs> um so the first category are what are things that only i can do and she talked about how like only she can love her husband and only she can exercise mm-hmm. and only she can read the bible and um like so what are the list of things that only you can do mm-hmm. and write those out and then the second thing are is what are things that i can hand off and help other people do. Right. And, you know, she talked about maybe having her kids help with stuff around the house or addressing Christmas cards or things like that. Um, and the third thing is what can other people do that I can let go of completely? Yeah. Um, and saying, I would like to throw yeah. out cleaning my house and cooking for me. <laughs> yeah. I can totally let that go. <laughs> I let Ingles do a lot of my baking at Christmas time. Um, but so, I, that is so good. And even you, you say in the clean the house, like, listen, I was once so arrogant that I thought I would never let anybody clean my house. There's nothing wrong with me. And I'm not that pretentious and, um, shame on me. Right. Because you, when you're on one side of the line, it's so mm-hmm. good at casting stones to the mm-hmm. other side. Um, but truly I have told some of my friends, I've told Monica, like it's not her thing. She works outside the home girl, make enough 
to have somebody come and clean your house if you're able to afford it. If right. you can even just give up going out to eat three times in a month yeah, and pay for somebody to come and clean your house because that is something that you can give away that you don't enjoy doing that gives you a bad attitude, mm. which we talked about <laughs> like, the yeah, tension between exactly. yes. attitude, right? Attitude and action. And, and when you can do those things, why not set yourself free of the things that you truly do not exactly. enjoy doing? And Quit trying to do everything. And right. stop having this stigma on yourself that like if I don't do it, then I am bad or the judgment that right. you just kind of place right. on yourself if you're not saying yes to everything. Well, like right. Lisa was even talking about being late with the kids to school, like right. that is a reflection of her integrity. Um, you know, life happens and, and they're just things we don't enjoy doing. So if you can and you can afford yeah. it and you're being a good steward of what God has given to you and you can make those things happen, then yeah, I, I say go for it. I think we would be much happier women if we quit trying to do everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, in trying, <laughs> I think for me, like some of that is doing things the hard way. Like I have this mental, like, block with buying Christmas presents for some reason it's like embedded in me that I need to make all of my Christmas presents which I don't know if we it's talked the Pinterest about. generation that you're in well, no. <laughs> yes. I don't know right. we, like oh, I've been being frugal but really I'm not really being frugal because I'm buying all the materials time and your time, time. listen and that's one thing I we don't value making, enough is our time yeah, that, that it takes to do that stuff well, <laughs> well they, they catch fire in the, the exploding microwave <laughs> They're so cute, though. Thank you. It was such a so sweet cute. gesture. Wow. But even um, Monica and I were talking this morning about working out, right? Because I am not a morning person. And so even this morning was a far stretch for me. And Monica was saying, so you wouldn't like getting up at 525 and going to work out with me. And I was, can do that every once in a while. But finally, Chris just told me, he's like, quit setting yourself up for failure. You're not a morning yeah. person. You will talk. Your, you'll lay. I will lay in bed for 10 minutes. Like, I'll set my alarm for enough time for snooze to go off. And by the time the snooze is done... I will have come up with a plan for how I could recalculate my day, <laughs> sleep in. By a whole hour and still get in your workout. Yes. Yes. And so I think even that is important to, to throw yourself a bone if you're not, not a morning person. Don't up. set yourself yeah. up for failure. That's like asking Monica to go work out at 10 o'clock at night. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm like so ready for bed. Whereas it would be nothing for me to right. get on an elliptical at 10 o'clock at night and watch an hour of TV, take a shower and get in bed. Like I could totally do that. So just little things. Mm-hmm. I love do less so you can be, be more. more and be more of who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Stop do being more, just who somebody be, else that's is. That's right. Um, so that's the first practical application. Ooh, like, that was only the first. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little excited about today's podcast. <laughs> so make those lists and we'll have these on the website also. And then the second thing, and I don't know if we talked about this, but um, there is a website for Lisa's book called thebestyes.com. Mm-hmm. And there are some great resources on there. There's some freebie things that you can get. Um, but one thing that she's got on there is this time assessment tool. So um, she talks in her book about how like, she knew that she wanted to write. And this was before she had written any books. But she knew that she wanted to write and felt like God had given her this gift to be able to do it. She's like, but I don't have any time. I don't have any time. And so God kind of walked her through this process of you have 168 hours a week. How many hours do you spend doing this and this and this Mm. and this? And she funneled it all down and realized she had three hours a week that she could give to writing. And so she sectioned that time off, did not let anything interfere with it, and spent those three hours a week writing and ended up with her first book. 
Mm. And so there's this time assessment tool on the website that you can go to and enter in. This is how much time I spend driving, cooking, cleaning, working, this, that, the other thing. And it will tell you, here's how much time you have Mm -hmm. so that you can protect that time and give that time your best yes. Or how much time you don't have and how you need to start uh, handling others, uh, giving things away, letting go of things so that Mm -hmm. you can create margin. Absolutely. I think that's just as as important. And we'll have link ups. We will absolutely link over to that. Um, and just some other things as well that she's got on the website. It's a really amazing, really done website um, that's just got a lot of stuff about the book that you mm-hmm. can put in your hands like and practice and use. Yeah. Some great mm-hmm. tools. That's the word I was looking for. Tools. 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 Yes. Toodle. So those are your practical applications. Yes, I love. So what is your biggest takeaway from Lisa's interview, would you say? I know that's a crazy hard question. <sighs> I think for me, like it's twofold. Like there's Sarah just listening as this hungry, you know, Mm -hmm. little woman of God who wants to learn from someone like Lisa. And, um, so, you know, I listened to that and I'm like, Oh gosh, like here's this woman who's older than me and she's got all this wisdom and she's telling me to slow down and be very careful about what my yeses are and Mm -hmm. to make sure that my attitude lines up with that. Mm -hmm. Because when we do things with the wrong reasons we often will have the wrong attitude right so that's that part of me but then kind of where I am in my journey with be still be free it's just this really cool feeling of confirmation of the message that I feel like God inspired each of us with yes Mm -hmm. and that that feels good too because you you can second guess yourself till you're blue in the face and you've beat yourself down saying oh you've just misheard God And so I think that... (laughs) Not speaking from experience or anything. No, not at all. (laughs) But I've had to flip-flop my way of thinking that, too, instead of saying, why did you give that message to Lisa? You know, I thought you gave it to me. And um, when we were at a loom, Sophie, Mm -hmm. which we were going to have a wonderful futuristic podcast with her, um, had made mention about how it's not in competition with. It's yeah. in in relation to. Yeah. It's so huge. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, Glennon Melton um, that does Momastery, mm-hmm. she always talks about it's not getting your piece of the pie. It's about making the pie bigger. Ooh, I love that. Um, <gasps> and, oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I try to remember Tweet. that like all the time. Like she's, she's got great graphics about all that. But mm-hmm. anyway, I think the biggest takeaway for me, um, the first one of the first things she said was setting her heart to the rhythm of wisdom. I um, love and that. And that has kind of always been a hard heart cry for me of just like, I want to walk in that river flow of wisdom and knowing like, and I, that all comes with being still and knowing that he is God so that I can know which are the right decisions mm-hmm. and which way he's telling me to go. And, um, I just, I really liked the way even she put the work, the lyrical way she said that, like setting my heart to the rhythm of wisdom. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big, that's like my, what I really I want that. my and life God to reflect. Does tell us if we ask of wisdom, he mm-hmm. will give it to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. You need the understanding to go along with it. But when you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway was just the intentionality mm-hmm. that we, like, she gave us permission to have with our choices. Like, I mean, the be still be free message is something that I've embraced, you know, now that we've started, <laughs> uh, you know, since we've been doing this for over a year. But there's still, I've still found, like, the other day, I was, I had a day off, but of course I piled it full of all of this stuff. And I even had said in my mind, well, from this time to this time, it's my B time. But then eventually, you know, it never, ever happened. It just didn't happen because it was like, well, this took too long. So then everything else got pushed back. And then of course, you know, you get to that point where 
it just the being doesn't exist anymore because the doing has totally overtaken your right. time. And so just that intentionality to be like sitting down and figuring out and being super intentional about how you're going to be instead of do, I think that's just... Well, I think millennials, you know, Amber, I think it's even a bigger message for the millennials. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger message for you. It's a great message for Monica and I, right? But, you know, we've talked about this, how I'm... 15 years further in life than you are with my two kids and my house and, you know, whatever. And the millennials have this larger than life desire to change the world and they have every gift and talent to make it happen, but they want it and they want it now. And they're trying to figure out all the things they have to do to do it and make it happen. And, and then we're going to have kids and we're going to buy a house and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you still have so much life in front of you that you feel like you are a doer Mm -hmm. and it's hard for you to sit back when you have that larger, larger than life passion. Right. To be and do and and just grab life by the horns to be able to sit mm-hmm. and be that is and I I think if this message could resonate with your generation right watch out if world. you could learn from our generation yeah, totally. if you can couple your passion for changing the world with your ability to be still at the same time this world is in trouble well because ultimately like when you're doing and doing and doing you're just pouring out so much mm-hmm. and but when you're able to sit and be with god and like get filled up i mean it's those days that are the days that like wow god's doing awesome stuff today yep. like mm-hmm. wow god is moving in the world today it's not the days that i've you know totally spent myself on on just doing stuff right it's the days that i i consciously took that time with the lord right. and then he opened my eyes to all the awesome things that he's doing. right yeah, it sets your heart to be able to see everything that is happening and to see his fingerprints every step of the way. Well, yeah. it's the way that you set your heart to the mm-hmm. rhythm of wisdom yes. is by the being. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how the whole thing works. Because she says so later on about the rhythm of rush. Yeah. So you're either choosing the rhythm of rush or the, or the rhythm of wisdom. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, I think it's safe to say that we enjoyed that. I think we got a lot, I, I, I think we got a lot out of it. I don't know. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that, was okay. that was nice. All right. That was nice. <laughs> it's well, just okay. Um, Monica, Monica, will you pray for us as we close today? Uh, yes. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, first of all, for the opportunity to speak with Lisa and to just glean so much insight and wisdom from her. And we just pray blessings over her and her ministry and for what you have for her in the future. We pray that you'll be able to continue to show her what the best yeses are because they blessed us and they blessed so Mm. many other people. So we pray for Lisa and we just pray for everybody else that's listening and the three of us that are here in this room. Lord, to help us set our hearts to a rhythm of wisdom. Help us to be unrushed. Help us to do less so we can be more. That is our heart cry, and that is what our soul yearns for. And we just ask for your gentle guidance and Holy Spirit to guide us into doing that. In your precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Beecast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still, Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com.